<laughs> right? And to quote Marcel Proust, we don't receive wisdom. We must discover it for ourselves after a journey that no one can take for us or spare us. Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. Thank you for joining me today, friends. I am standing outside recording this just as the sun is set. It is a very pretty, very... Gosh, yeah, the temperature is about perfect. It's very pretty twilight here on the wet coast. And today's episode is going to be about some updates on the vehicle search, the truck update, because holy freaking hallelujah, has that been an adventure over the past good gravy? It's only been a week. But yeah, it has been a lot. And just wanted to share some more of that experience because it seems like it's been pretty popular with the those episodes, and also some of the, just to reinforce and reiterate some of the things I mentioned in earlier episodes about what you can do, what to pay attention to, and uh, things it's okay to do. So uh, without further ado, let's go into just this week's truck update. So gosh, wow, I emailed about a truck, oh gosh, over a month ago, and it looked pretty cool. It was a Tacoma. It was what I wanted, had all the options I wanted. And when I sent an email about it, I received a reply that said, oh, hey, I'm pulling the listing off of Craigslist, and I'm going to get something broke, so I'm going to get it fixed. But if you're still interested, I'll email you when it's done. And I figured, okay, cool, why not? I said, sure. And I figured I'd never, ever hear from the dude again. And I was mistaken because lo and behold, late on Sunday, I received an email from Buddy and said, uh, yeah, the truck is still available. You could go up to Squamish and check it out if you'd like. So I thought, heck, might as well give Buddy a call, see how it, see how it sounds. Because by this point, it's over a month ago, I had totally forgotten everything except the one photo about it. So I did that. Gave him a call. Asked some of the questions, and turns out, yeah, it had all the options I wanted. The mileage was pretty good. If everything was going to be great, uh, that would be a perfect option for me. So, called up a contact, and uh, we drove up to Squamish, which is about an hour from here, to go and check it out. And uh, my buddy is a mechanic, so that was great because, <laughs> guess what? When I called about getting a mechanical inspection, a pre-purchase inspection discovered that this was July the 4th, 5th, that I went and looked at it. Uh, the earliest they were booking anything of any kind was July the 28th, anywhere in that little town. And I was like, well, that's totally not useful. So my buddy came with, and it was good. So like I said, I had made a phone call, and there's some great stuff from uh, Chris Fix. C-H-R-I-S-F-I-X on the GooTubes if you are interested in seeing some of the process that I followed for that. But uh, yeah, so I had called, I had asked a bunch of questions and 
we got up there and took a look at the truck. And this is good because I brought somebody who had more experience than I have with it. So while I was checking out parts of the truck, my buddy was checking out some other things. First thing that I noticed when we walked up was the windshield needed replacing. And when I had said, hey, does everything work? Is everything in good shape? The dude said yes. Huh. Turns out, uh, depending where windshield cracks are, that can be an issue and may involve a ticket. Who knows? And despite the person having driven the vehicle for, they told me, six years with the windshield as it was, uh, still a cracked windshield, not the greatest thing if you're going to be driving in hot or cold temperatures because them things can just shatter. So, yeah, that was not so great. But we kept going through everything. Next thing we noticed is there's no insurance. The car has no, or the truck has no plates, which means pretty questionable to take it for a test drive because there's no insurance on it. So I'm now an hour away. I've spent an hour driving there, plus time to get my buddy. And uh, after saying, yes, you could test drive the truck, got there and, oh, no, wait, there's no insurance on it. Well, that's kind of a pretty freaking big deal. If you're starting to get the drift of how this went, <laughs> you would be very well uh, using your intuition. So we do a whole inspection of the outside. Um, buddy had handed me the key when we got there. I didn't even turn it on yet. I wanted to check everything that I could. Discovered, hey, the tires are okay, but the tires are going to need to be replaced pretty freaking quick from the amount of wear on them. And then my buddy went under the truck. And we took a look at all the rust under the truck. And if you remember, I specifically asked, hey, does this truck have rust on the frame? Because that's a known issue for Toyota Tacomas is the frames can get rusty. And there's a huge frame recall. So quick little side note for that. It is important to do research into the vehicles that you're looking at and to see what the common issues are and to ask questions about them. And again, I had asked that. Nope, nope, no rust, just some small surface rust. And we got there, and there's part of the frame had actually just been replaced, one of the cross members, because it had rusted through. So there's a brand new cross member, which is the piece that goes across between the back two wheels, basically above the axle, uh, bolted onto a very rusty frame. And then my buddy just started uh, borrowing my wrench and was just... Uh, knocking on the frame and he points out to me hey by the way the frame is bad right here basically right behind where the cross member just got replaced so now we got a major rust issue on this truck so kind of annoyed because we've spent a bunch of time to get up there and some of the questions that i asked turns out that uh those things were not true which is pretty crappy to do that. So what are we going to do? Well, we're already up there. And I thought, well, maybe let's drive it around the block and see what happens. And we were able to take it for a quick little drive up the alley and back. And yeah, it drove great. But uh, when we got into the interior to check things, uh, that was wonderful because some of the stuff didn't work. The seatbelts were in pretty rough shape. Uh, basically, it what I had been led to believe from the ad and from talking to the person uh, was quite a misrepresentation. So something to be aware of. 
we talked about it a little bit and I know I discovered what it costs to get a frame fixed or repaired as the case may be. And my buddy made a good point that, Hey, you could get, you could get it uh, fixed. You could have somebody clean it, sand it, spot weld something on and it would work, but you never know how, what the integrity is going to be. So you might get anywhere from a year out of this to five years. And the asking price I thought was reasonable when we had it up there, but uh, in light of all the stuff that was on it, it was not. So buddy, um, my buddy suggested, hey, why don't you make an offer of such and such, which I did, figuring that, hey, that to get up to the asking price, that would have covered the cost of getting a fix done. And if I got a little bit of time out of it, would have been perfect for all my needs. And uh, that was not received well. Uh, the uh, seller did drop a little bit in what his minimum price would be, but that was still far too much for me to put into it. So we said, hey, thank you very much, and uh, walked away. And it was pretty interesting because when I said that, uh, I got a bit of a sales pitch of how he'd had so many so many phone calls about it, lots of interest, lots of emails. Someone had offered him cash more than the asking price to, just to buy it sight unseen and i said hey that's great and i'm the guy standing here taking a look at it so some of the things i can share about that one that experience were um so yeah you know 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 what your budget is know what your deal breakers are for me the rest on the frame i would not have even drone up driven up there to take a look at it had i known that's what it was and even after specifically asking so felt pretty disappointed about that pretty annoyed but at the same time it was great because i went with a friend who is a better and more knowledgeable mechanic than i am so that was pretty cool that i got to watch what he was doing saw some of the ways that he works on things and some ways he approaches a deal so that 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 was really instructive so that that part was worth it and especially driving up and chatting about it on the way and driving back to chat about it on the way Another big thing, uh, it's all about boundaries. And Kenny Rogers said it best in a song called The Gambler. You gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them and know when to walk away and know when to run. And in this case, it was perfectly okay to walk away. And that's something that is really important if you are buying a vehicle. Uh, it is a big purchase. It is a significant purchase. And I know there's plenty of sales pitches out there from pretty much anything you could buy of how, oh, it's only an extra X amount of money to get this and oh, extra amount of this, but it's still a pretty big chunk of change. People generally don't walk around and drop 10 to 20 to $75,000 on a used vehicle if you're around these parts. So, you know, it's not like you go to the store and throw it on your credit card or debit card or something like this is a significant purchase. So take the time to think about it, know what your boundaries are for the options you want or the condition you want and the price that you want and what you are willing or not willing to negotiate. So that was good for me to know what those things were and ended up walking away. It was kind of sad, but you know, that was a, a lesson learned and better to not have dropped that amount of money and discovered, oh, hey, maybe in by the time the frame falls apart, it might get fixed or anything else like that. So I want to really reiterate, it's okay to walk away at any point. What I then did was go back through some of the videos. Uh, so I talked to my buddy on the way back, went through some of the videos and uh, 
just was watching things. Just wanted to share some of the resources I found were helpful. Helpful were the Chris Fix video series, and uh, there's some. Uh, the channel's called the Homework Guy, and uh, that's a car salesman, used car salesman. Anyways, he does a ton of great videos or videos that I found useful around how to approach negotiations, what to be on the lookout for for scams, what to be on the lookout for for a variety of different situations. So that was quite useful. So I pretty much came home and then just was working on other stuff, having those play in the background. But it was good just to get that that knowledge and that information absorbed because, yeah, doing a full inspection is really important. Knowing your prices is really important. And taking a mechanic with you or a good friend that you trust with you who's got more knowledge than you do, it's super useful. And it's something I do not regret at all. Yeah, it uh, was a long way for both of us to go, but ultimately that saved a poor purchase. So that part was good. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on was to, to trust, trust your intuition. Trust your gut. Go with your gut feeling. You know, I had heard on the phone, hey, you know, it, it's a great running truck. There's just a couple small things. But turns out what someone thought was small things were not really small things. And they all would have cost a bunch of money to fix. So again, okay to walk away. The last one, or actually there's two more. But, um, you know, to, just a reminder that um, if you are looking at something and it maybe isn't quite, then you can always ask yourself a great question of, do I need this one, do I need it right now? Now, I realize there are sometimes you're in a situation where, yeah, you kind of do need something pretty quickly, but it's a good question to ask if you need it right now and if you need that particular one. It can be really easy to fall in love with something by sight and gloss over some of the issues that it may have, gloss over some of the glaring red, red flags it may have because you like the vehicle or you're you're being persuaded or confused by the person selling it or anything else that happens. So just a good question to think about. Then the last little thing I wanted to add about this experience was that there is something right out there. What was really interesting is I'd been looking on Craigslist Auto Trader, uh, another version of Craigslist that is in this part of the world and word of mouth, pretty much anything I knew was out there. But quite interestingly, uh, I had, I was going to call about another truck when I found out about this one. So I didn't end up calling until later by the time I was back. And uh, that truck had, the price had been lowered by $1,000 that day. So I don't know what was going on, but between the time I was going to call, the time we drove to Squamish and came back, and then I went back on to get the number, it had dropped. So there is something good for you out there. Sometimes it may take some patience or some waiting or some interesting life experiences, we'll say, but it is going to come along. So that's what I wanted to share for that truck because that was Monday. And just to tie it, tie it into some of the other aspects of our everyone's lives out there, um, that, that's also advice that you could apply to a job, a relationship, friendships, buying pretty much anything, you know, know your limits, know your boundaries, be prepared to walk away. It's okay to say no, trust your gut and ask if you do need this exact one at this exact moment. Just some good kind of guidance, if you will, for future things and gonna then, oh gosh, elaborate a bit about the next truck that I went to look at because I 
ended up going to take a look at that truck that I just mentioned, whose price had dropped $1,000 while I was looking at the Tacoma that wasn't a good fit. I love that cow. All right, so after a brief interlude, the Ford. So, like I mentioned, learned a bunch from the Tacoma experience. And I called about this Ford and was able to go and check it out on Thursday. I was going to go Wednesday, but then Forrester I have, <laughs> something else went wrong with it. So that took up Wednesday. That'll be another episode. But anyways, go to take out the Ford. And I had called, we went Thursday. So I called Wednesday, got a whole bunch of information in between busting my knuckles on the Forester, and actually got some really useful information and got a photo of, there's a little VIN information card, placard, if you will, on the inside of the driver door jam. And that has a lot of information about your transmission and the axles and tire pressures is usually what most people would go there to look for, but it's got some really useful information. So in conjunction with the VIN and the Carfax, the uh, vehicle history, um, service record, accident, collision history, insurance records report, I got that. So I spent a good chunk of Wednesday evening after I finished on the car, checking out into everything. And turns out that this truck had a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted. That was great. It even had a canopy that works and locks. Fantastic. So get all the information. I go and check the value on the couple different websites, get an idea of what the retail price is, what the wholesale price is, what you might get on a trade-in for it, and all that good stuff. And I head over to the dealer. And again, I'd called and asked a whole bunch of questions on Wednesday. One of them questions was, hey, so I can see that it's got these certain stickers on it. I wondered if it came from out of state, out of province. And it did, which means it had to have a commercial vehicle inspection to pass the safety part so that it could be insured here, which allegedly it did. Mm -hmm. So get out there and you know, show up, um, talk to the sales guy a little bit and walk over to the truck. And the sales guy goes to get, asks ask me about it and says, yeah, I said, yeah, I'm gonna check out the outside first. And he says, let's go get the keys. So he does. And uh, at that point I got my work gloves and I got my little folding mat and I had my water bottle there and I began to do my own inspection. And the sales guy came out and he was kind of confused. And I said, well, hey, yeah, you guys told me you had an ins inspection. So uh, when can I see the paperwork for it? Oh, oh, yeah, well, you know, if, if you want to come test drive it, you know, just uh, come into the office and we have to do the photocopy your driver's license thing and, and you sign out the track and all that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because when I called and spoke to two different people yesterday, you said you had the inspection paperwork and I could look at it. And you had everything that was done on it to pass the inspection and I could look at it. And now you're being kind of shady. So that was a red flag. And then I just go around the outside and I'm checking all the stuff out. One of the first things I did was check out the canopy while I was waiting for the keys. So open up the canopy and I can see that this truck has been used as a truck, which isn't a bad thing, but it's information. So open up the canopy, pull down the tailgate 
and saw, hey, wow, somebody has drilled a whole bunch of holes into the side of the canopy or into the side of the bed. So most likely someone has screwed stuff in here. So some type of, type of work truck. And you could see there were scratches all over the bed, all over the sides. There were some dents over the wheel wells. And then I noticed that someone had also mounted something to the part of the bed that's right up against the cab. So definitely been used for work. Had a had a pretty good life, probably. I have some some ideas about where that truck might have been based off the history. But that was that. So that wasn't a deal breaker. I knew that it's a truck. It probably been used as a work truck. And in some ways, it's like, hey, okay, cool. So don't feel so bad about what I want to do with the back of my truck, if this becomes my truck. So continuing on, I hadn't even stepped into the cab or checked the ignition or any electronics. I'm just walking around outside. And notice that the paint kind of looks funny over the wheel wells. And it's a couple different colors. Like you can see, hey, it's this darker blue. Then there's a weird light blue kind of splash over here. And that's not right. So went down, got on my pad, crawled under and took a look from the back, came back up, looked from the front, and figured that it probably had rusted out wheel wells that someone has gone and done a pretty, pretty reasonable, but also you could tell that it, had not been a full replacement it was somebody doing it and they did a good job but you could also tell that hey these colors don't match so that was another flag can't necessarily call it a red flag but it was a flag called a caution flag a yellow flag that something else uh had happened to it so rust eating at the quarter panels not a great thing not an immediate deal breaker but not a great thing and then I go and take a look at the back because it's got a tow package. So I'm like, oh, cool. I'll go check out the tow package and call, crawling around down there. And I get my pad and I'm, roll, I'm, I'm on the ground because after the experience with the Tacoma and the rusted frame, I was like, well, daggum, I'm damn, damn sure going to check this out and make sure that there's no parts of the frame that might rust off. So I could see there was some surface rust and a little bit more deeper, but nothing was as bad as the Tacoma. So that was okay. I was down there. I noticed that there was, it looked like there was something on the rear differential. So that's in between the two rear wheels. And uh, like, huh, it's kind of weird. So went down for a crawled up and went for a closer look and could see that there was a fluid on it. I was like, well, that's really interesting. So I want to know what this fluid is, but I don't really want to get oil or differential fluid all over my gloves. So walked into the office and just said, hey, you know, wonder if I could borrow some paper towel. They're like, well, why do you need paper towel? I was like, well, because I'm under the truck and it looks like the rear differential is leaking. And there's secretary sales guy and then two people in an office that could see me and nobody did anything and i thought huh well that's pretty big flag that i'm pointing out to you that it looks like the rear differential is leaking and nobody batted an eye hmm. so i got some paper towel and then i said hey since i'm here you know can i take a look at that inspection report and then the sales guy goes into the back and the door closes and comes back out and goes, oh, well, actually, we, we weren't able to get the inspection report. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's confidential. and we, we can't share it with you. Uh, we, we don't usually get those from the repair shop. And I was like, well, that's weird because you told me yesterday that you had it and I could look at it. No, no, that, 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 that's the thing management says no. And I was like, 
yeah, okay, you've got a ton of flags here. Like, but at the same time, now I'm kind of annoyed. I'm like, well, I'm already here, so I'm damn well going to go through this truck and see what else I can find. Because if it's just a couple small things, a decent price, yeah, I could have them fixed for not that expensive. And this truck is a pretty good price, but we'll see. So I go back out and I declined the offer to test drive right there because I was like, I'm not even done my outside inspection. I haven't even looked on the inside yet. And I should also mention this time I was on my own. So that added added a little bit, but I was spent a lot more time watching videos and going through what we went through in Squamish. So that was kind of a win. So I got the paper towels and I go back and yeah, crawl back under the truck and I just dab the paper towel on it and it's oil. So there is oil coming out of this rear differential somewhere. And it's not a lot. I mean, what caught my eye was just a drip about to drop off. But then I noticed there's a little bit of a puddle under where the truck was. And I thought, well, that's really not good. And it was a used car lot. So the puddle could have been from anything. But this was not. This was clearly from that. So I'm under, under the truck just kind of cleaning it up so I can wipe it off and see, well, where might this leak be coming from? How big of a deal is it? taking a couple pictures and then I look over and see the rear passenger side tire and I notice that it's got what looks like a little couple of feathers coming out of it and I was like well that's interesting because the that tends to be if somebody plugs a tire with something so has this tire also been mangled and somebody did it eight not plugged it, but plugged it really, really poorly. So like there is overhang everywhere and it's almost taken out the tread. I was like, and I'm now thinking what person passed a safety inspection on this? Cause I see a leaking differential and I see a tire that's not great. Anyways. So I am getting a little more annoyed, but I'm also more determined now cause I'm going to go through this and see everything that I can find. So see the bulge, pull forward and check it out. And then I had someone with me. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll check it out better. I'll pull the truck a little bit forward because of where it was, was basically right near the ground. So I could see this stuff sticking out, but I wanted to pull the truck forward so that I could see what it looks like. And it's a lot easier to do that if the, the issue with the tire is facing you or facing up than if you're trying to crawl under and look at something two inches off the ground. Correct? That is correct. All right, so I crawl back under, and now I'm curious about the tires. So go back to the inspection I'm doing, and I notice that the rear two tires are significantly newer than the front two tires, and also that there's a difference in age and wear between the front two tires. So we've got a truck that I'm looking at that seems to have tires of three different ages on it. Out of the four tires on this vehicle, three are different ages. So... <laughs> That is a, again, pretty big red flag. All right. So that was the red flag of the tires. And then what? Well, I was looking around and I was looking at the tires. And I'm at the front passenger side right now. And then there's a sales guy come back and he's standing around now because he had skedaddled pretty quickly once I had my gloves and was clearly going to spend some time checking out everything and i take a look i'm like well that's weird there's some kind of tape all over this brake line and the guy's right there says hey man do you know why there's tape all over the brake line and he comes and takes a look and says nope 
and walks back to the office. And I'm like, huh, that's, uh, yeah, you're really trying to sell me on this right now, huh? So finished the outside inspection, opened the hood, checked everything under there, checked all the fluids and stuff. It all actually looked pretty good under the hood. And it actually did have the tow package. It had the little, all the stuff I was looking for that I had found out the night before. So that was great. And then I opened the doors. And I don't know who did the detail job on this or if this is just a thing at some dealers that don't clean vehicles before they try and sell them. But part of the truck had been vacuumed, like the front driver and passenger side. And the back, pretty much nothing had been done. There's glue or something stuck all over the seat. Uh, I lifted up the rear seats to see, to make sure the jack and everything was there. And it was full of dog hair and crumbles. And yeah, not exactly enticing. So I figured, hey, if I'm going to buy this, it's going to take me a day to power wash. Not a day, but it'd probably take me about a day to get everything cleaned. I'd power wash the back. I'd probably power wash the sides and then do a full detail myself of the inside because apparently that didn't get done or somebody did it half-assed. So hooray for that. But at least there is no hint of a smell of smoke inside it. So it's not a deal breaker yet. There's just a ton of red flags. And I'm already there. So I knew I wasn't going to buy it, but I thought, well, heck, I'm here. Might as well take it for a test drive. Then I know, hey, I haven't driven this year. I haven't seen anything quite like this. So if I take it for a drive, I'll have an idea what the engine's going to do, what the brakes are like, and all that stuff. So go and give the info and go and do a test drive. I can get a feel for everything. But at this point, I know, hey, you know, the we'll see what the mechanical's like. I'm looking at about, in this part of the world, 1000 to 1600 bucks for tires. Uh, the detailing, that's going to take me a day to clean all that stuff. The differential, who knows, probably minimum 1000 The brake line, also who knows, not going to be cheap. And anything else I might find on the test drive. But, well, yeah, I'm there, so why not take the drive, right? And I get the keys, come back out, and I still want to check that plug on the tire. So roll a little bit forward and saw, yep, it's been a really poorly done job there, but that's all right. And uh, when I went to start the truck up, it didn't start properly. Like, it took a really long time for the engine to catch. And uh, that was another flag, a yellow one, of, well, now apparently this truck is past inspection, which nobody can produce any paperwork for, nor any maintenance records, nor any receipts from the information that was received, given who knows about what this truck had done to it to pass the freaking commercial inspection to be licensed and insured here. But I noticed that when I was trying to roll forward, the e-brake light didn't go off. The uh, emergency brake was on, and I pulled the button. Nothing happened. It stayed red. I was like, well, huh, hooray for that. So mentioned that to the guy, and he has uh, no idea how to deal with it, and really doesn't care, and walks away again. I'm like, well, all right. He said something, but if you don't think it's safe, don't test drive it. But I was like, dude, things on your lot. And uh, wow, what else are you selling here? So it's about, well, it was a while before this. I realized yeah, I probably know more than him. And I've 
taught myself a whole bunch, especially in the past month. So hmm, apparently I could be a car salesman. But that's all right. So get in the truck, get it going, and the e-brake light goes off. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. All right. Pull out of the lot, make a turn, turn onto the road to head back to the highway, and I've gone less than 500 yards, and the e-brake light comes back on. But the e-brake's not on. So I'm like, well, that's great. So it's something electrical. Well, could be a simple fuse, could be something else, something else I have to fix. But hey, if the price is reasonable, then this can all be fixed, and I'm still within my budget. So all righty. So head back up the road to get onto the freeway, because I want to see what the vehicle is going to do on the freeway. That's where I would be doing a lot of driving. And it's really important when you're doing a test drive. And there are several videos you can go check out that say this. It's more to do a thorough test drive and check it out in all kinds of different conditions. In stop and go, check the brakes out when it's safe to do so. Get on the freeway, check the acceleration out. Check and make sure the cruise works, the air conditioning, all that stuff. So I brought stuff with me and I had my passenger, I said, hey, could you, you know, turn on the radio and just see if the radio works? And lo and behold, the radio doesn't work. The CD player doesn't turn on the auxiliary cable. There's nothing. You press the button and there's nothing. So that's going to be probably another thousand to get that replaced. I'm like, well, how in the hell did this thing pass an inspection? These guys are full of it. I'm pretty sure. And I go to merge on the freeway, come around the corner, make the right hand turn on, start to accelerate, and all of a sudden the truck just starts shaking side to side. And then it's over in about a second. I was like, well, that was weird. Maybe did I run over something? And I'm looking in the rear views and I can't see anything in my mirrors. I'm like, well, that was strange. But whatever. So I get on the freeway, check it out. The cruise control works. I can all the all the hand controls work with that. Uh, acceleration's pretty good. I can get up to get up the speed doesn't feel like the engine's lagging or or pulling or anything like that it just feels pretty good and i love how i am high above traffic i can see all kinds of stuff out of this truck because you can't see very much if you're pretty low to the ground and uh there are often vehicles that will literally drive over you so once upon a time i had a little tiny honda civic and where i lived there's a ton of pickup trucks many of which were lifted and all kinds of other semi-trailers tractors, delivery trucks, and uh, yeah, had anything happened, they would have driven over that little Honda Civic. So something to be aware of, and some I'm very aware of. But okay. So we're on the freeway, driving along, really enjoying how high I am, checking that all the signals work and all that stuff. And uh, so I just take the next exit, turn right, and we'll start heading back the long way to the dealer. And yeah, going downhill, I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Just tried changing gears. That was no no issue. It was an automatic transmission, so just gearing down to see what would happen. Overdrive had worked earlier, so that was good. And then come up to traffic light, and I realized, oh, hey, I'm on an angled road. I can take, take kind of a highway back to the dealer, so I can do some more driving, test out some different things, because I'd done a pretty good stop and go on the way to get to the freeway. And go around the corner. And nobody else coming, and I tell my passenger, hey, I'm just going to accelerate hard and see what it does. And I floor it. And it starts to shake and sputter and dang near stalls, which is fantastic because it's something with the transmission. And that is not going to be cheap and questionable as for being considered roadworthy. 
<sighs> so there we are. And I'd already pretty much decided as we were driving it, once the e-brake thing came on, I'm not going to make an offer on this, but make the most of the experience. So I take it back. And the sales guy comes up and I say, hey, yeah, just, uh, he takes the dealer plates off. I'm like, hey, just uh, wondering, did this pass inspection? Because when I was driving it, there's a hole in the tire that looks weird. The differential's leaking. And has anybody who's driven it mentioned that it is shuddering and vibrating when you get up to highway speeds because the transmission dang near stalled on me? And I don't know if that sales guy could possibly have cared less. In fact, it could have been the complete opposite. Uh, well, no, he didn't care because the next thing was, oh, well, somebody's put a, somebody wants to put a deposit on it and they're actually trying to get financing to pay the asking price. And I laughed and I said, okay, well, there are things I like about it. It's got the options I want, but not with the amount of stuff that I noticed has gone wrong. Like how on earth did it pass a safety inspection, which you still cannot produce. And that is really important. That should have been red flag number one and just walk away from it right there. So that's okay. Learned a whole bunch more stuff and also followed the flags. And of course, by this point, I needed to take a piss. So luckily you can go use a bathroom now. And uh, they said I could use a bathroom. So I walked in and the guy asked me if I liked it. Now I thought it had been kind of clear with here's the issues with it. Uh, here's the transmission thing with it. You know, I asked me if I like it and you know, would I be making an offer? I was like, well, okay. Apparently I don't know what's going on here. Something's going on here, but I don't know what. So I picked a low number and I said, yeah, I would go for that, which I felt was a pretty reasonable number. It would have given me plenty of wiggle room within the budget I had set to get all the stuff addressed and fixed and build something nice in the back and uh, use a bathroom, come out. And uh, I'm told, nope, nope, there's no possible way they can lower the price. It's the asking price only. And I said, okay, thanks. And I walked away. And that was it. So again, an, an interesting learning experience. Uh, overall, a good learning experience. And I wanted to share it because, yeah, again, as with the Tacoma experience, it is always okay to walk away. It is always okay to say no. You are in control. If you are the buyer, um, the seller or the dealer may try and swing things a certain way, but you ultimately have the power to walk away and say no. If you're not feeling comfortable, if you notice things that are weird, if you find holes in the story, or I'm going to reiterate, they cannot produce the paperwork that they said they had. Those are all big red flags. So there you have it. That is the experience just in this week of the two vehicles that I actually went and test drove. I've called and asked about a number of other ones that have not met criteria for a variety of reasons. And uh, the search continues. But figured, hey, you know, this, is, this has been really valuable life experience and a lot of wisdom gained from going through this and the only way out is through so and continuing to go through it i am learning more and trusting my skills more and more and knowledge more and more each time that i do so like i said there's a ton of great resources that are out there on the interwebs there's my experience that you can now draw upon out there and there's always you know a trusted friend or you can make a deal to have an independent mechanic look at it because an independent mechanic is not going to be 
not going to be influenced or and or paid by the dealer or by someone else who may have had the inspection done. You will have a fresh set of eyes and a fresh opinion looking at it. So there you have it, friends. The latest and greatest as we journey through the wisdom of buying a used vehicle. All right, take care. We will catch you on the flip-flop, hopefully with my new truck next time. And of course, I wanted to add a little bit of an update of all of the colossal fun I have had with this Forester I got. Because if you listen to the previous episodes, guess what, friends? Surprise, it gets better. So... When I went out to check out that Ford, I drove the Forester on the freeway. And lo and behold, the wheels did not fall off, so it was a great day. And while we are out there, I started to hear a strange noise coming from the back. And I thought, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, it's just the wind. But no, it was not just the wind. Got back home. Let the car sit for a while because I had a feeling it might be the exhaust. And um, those things can get really, really hot. So try not to ever touch that with a bare hand shortly after you've driven because, um, yeah, it's uh, freaking hot. Bad idea. But once it cooled down, I rolled under the car and crawled around under there and discovered that the exhaust pipe is actually not hanging on to anything at the back of the car because... The little hanger that it was supposed to be, I guess, welded onto or melted onto or soldered onto. Uh, it's come off because it's rusted through. So there is a, about an inch big hole, about the size of a Canadian $1 coin, also known as a loony, because of the loon, the bird that's on the back of it. Long story about that, but for a different time. So there's a hole in the freaking exhaust, which is freaking fantastic. And then I notice as I'm looking around under there again and just, you know, tapping stuff, using the wrench, uh, discover that, yeah, the exhaust is pretty questionable the whole way down because it's kind of rusty. And when I say kind of rusty, I mean really rusty. As in, I could actually rename a previous vehicle I had named Rusty and my friend Genevieve's vehicle that was also named Rusty to this vehicle because of the colossal amount of rust underneath the vehicle. So that was great. And exhaust is, well, if it were reasonably priced, it's something that I would give a try on my own because it doesn't look that complicated from the videos I watched online. And I'm teaching myself here. However, looking at all that and seeing all of the nonsense that's going on in the world right now with prices and acquiring things, Decided to pass on that. And guess what? I found some really awesome, really short-term, really cheap fixes to at least continue to be able to drive the vehicle so I can go look at vehicles because it's this crazy, ridiculous catch-22 where in this part of the world, you kind of need to have a vehicle to go look at a vehicle. And if it's anything even remotely decent at a reasonable price, they go really fast. And the stuff that's at ridiculous prices or very, very questionable tends to hang around for a while. So want to be on the ball, want to get up there and test stuff. And yeah, 
So there's a big hole in the exhaust. So what do I do? I check out a couple different things and I figure, you know what? Well, heck, I've got the materials to do this. I found an Instructables tutorial on how to do a temporary patch of your exhaust. And it has worked like a flying hallelujah. It is fantastic. And even better, and I think hilariously, is that it involved the use of a beer can, some zip ties, and some metal gear clamps. But I can go into that detail a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I found this tutorial through Instructables, and it has a temporary patch, temporary fix for this. It is not designed to be long-term. It is more designed to get on there and hold it until it can be fully repaired, which is my predicament. Or scrapped, as the case may be. Oy vey. But, so I did that. I actually had a beer. I finished the beer, rinsed out the can. I took some metal snips and cut the beer. So it became, instead of, you know, a soda can or a beer can that's got the top and the bottom on of it, which is super awkward, becomes, when you cut the cylinder open, it becomes a rectangle, which is fantastic. Because then you wrap that around the exhaust pipe. I had already gone to the auto parts store and bought a couple metal gear clamps, slightly larger than the diameter of the exhaust pipe, which I'd measured. And I put those on. And then just for good measure, I went and opened a can of black beans and had a delicious meal of black beans with salsa and chipotle, chipotle salt and some chili lime spice from Trader Joe's. Thank you. And then I just commenced to wrapping the aluminum can over the exhaust, nice and tight, getting the tin can over top of that. And that actually took some finagling to compress that sucker down so that I could actually get the hose clamps over it, or the metal gear rings, my mistake, metal gear rings, which are very similar to hose clamps. And then tighten those things down, and lo and behold, it looked like it held. The noise totally went away, which is fantastic. And then I put a zip tie on just to try and hold that big piece of exhaust where it is. Uh, it ended up not actually working so great because lo and behold, the exhaust gets hot. Did I mention that? The exhaust gets hot. Don't touch it. The exhaust gets hot. So the exhaust got hot and actually melted it and it fell off. But the one or the second one that I put on, I put on a first one over top of the beer can and then black beans can to hold that in place. And it's worked really well. So took the car out for a drive today. It seemed to do pretty well. There was no sound like a jet engine on takeoff when I shifted into third gear because manual transmissions rule. And it seems to be working fairly well. So I got a little tube of, I think it's called exhaust paste, uh, exhaust seal, something like that. And that I'm going to go and put on once it cools down a bit here. Uh, recording this about happy hour time. So once it cools down a bit and the vehicle's in the shed, I'm going to go and smear that on all the contact points, uh, just jam it in as best as I can to this jury-rigged solution, and that will hopefully hold it in place so I can continue to get around and go and inspect and purchase a new vehicle, new-to-me vehicle shortly. So Wanted to throw that in there that if you are in a pinch, it turns out the interwebs are an amazing resource to find all kinds of backroads, backwoods, whatever you want to call it, redneck fixes for things that can work in a pinch that will get at least keep you going for a little bit till you can get something fully repaired or you can get something uh, 
brand new and scrap what you've got. It's important to always know what you're doing, always pay attention to things, and if you can, fix it properly. If you need just to buy a little time and then go out and do it, that's what I'm doing. So the information's all out there. You are, of course, responsible for your own decisions, responsible for your own way of addressing things, but just sharing what I am doing now so that I can actually continue going on and get this truck because holy freaking hallelujah, it has been quite the ordeal. So that's the update for this week. I'll probably check in again next week with some more stories of adventures because at the rate this is going, who knows how many episodes it's going to be. But navigating through a wilderness without a map in the middle of a whole bunch of interesting things going on around the world. So there you have it, friends. All right, friends, thank you for joining me for another episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness. I appreciate you being here and spending part of your day with me, and I hope that there has been a good experience on your end listening to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you and you know somebody who might enjoy or appreciate, uh, be inspired or empowered by it, please feel free to pass it along and drop me a review on the podcast platform of your choice that you are listening to it on. As well, I now have an email address that you can feel free to send me messages, suggestions, thoughts, guest requests, questions, whatever it might be. That address is wisdomofthewilderness at protonmail.com. That's wisdomofthewilderness, all one word, at protonmail.com. Look forward to seeing some messages and want to say hello to everyone out there from all the different countries and cities and states and counties and provinces. Thank you. It's been really cool to see where people are listening from and think a little bit about all those different experiences people are having in their day-to-day life. All right. Have yourselves a good one, friends. We will talk to you the next time. The Wisdom of the Wilderness.